Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Our hope is that these episodes serve as a resource for the advancement of your career and the continued success of your team. Now on to the show. Today on Insights, we go back to a conversation host Bill Russell had with Nico Skowalski, the co-founder and president of Redox. The topic of discussion was putting data to work in the 21st century. And Bill sets this up by asking Nico what it takes to create a successful healthcare platform startup. Talk a little bit about being a startup and you know, what it takes to go from selling that first fax machine to actually being a platform that's experiencing network effects. I mean, that in and of itself is almost a unicorn in healthcare, isn't it? Yeah. So there are not many platforms that have scaled in healthcare. I think SureScripts is probably the best example of one that's actually reached kind of a critical mass moment. But, you know, if you look at platforms like Uber and eBay and Amazon kind of in the non-healthcare space, in the consumer space, you can reach network effects faster because consumers have word of mouth. They shop based on convenience best product wins, best price wins. You can differentiate on those factors. In healthcare, because of the enterprise B2B sale that you typically have to get into, it becomes a lot harder to reach sort of ubiquity and create the the platform network effect experiences that a lot of non-healthcare companies create. And that's largely because in healthcare, the people that are benefiting from your product are usually never the ones who are paying for your product. So you have to convince multiple people across the organization to say yes. And there's probably a hundred people at a, a big healthcare organization that have to say yes. And if any one of those people says no, then it can kill your deal. And so that is a huge challenge for startups as they're trying to build something in the healthcare space is how do you actually make a sale into a health system without sinking two years of time and effort in the sales cycle to get alive? And do you have enough funding to actually get through that process to get your product validated and start generating revenue before you run out of money yourself and have to go under. Uh, I think that's one of the hardest challenges for, for health tech companies. With Redox, what we do is we just try to, you know, there's a lot of barriers in place. We try to remove one of them, which is when you get to IT and IT asks, how are you going to integrate? Can you handle HL7? Can you handle fire? Can you handle whatever standard they throw at you? You can confidently say yes and give them the plan of, uh, on exactly how that happens. That's what we work with our customers on. And so we try to reduce that barrier. We help them with security concerns, things like that, but we're not going to help vendors with their value proposition. They still have to make that sale to a health system. They still have to convince their clinical users and administrative stakeholders that their product is worth buying. But hopefully when they get to IT, they're working with Redox, that process can go smoothly from that point on. Wow. I heard someone on the platform say, somebody came alongside them, somebody with some wisdom and said, you know, if, if you really want to make it as a health tech startup, make sure you're not selling to the healthcare providers. And having been on the other side of that equation and said no to about 90%, if not 95% of the startups that walk through my front door, that sales cycle is long. And, that, and if you don't have the, the funds, it can really, I don't know, it can end your company right there before it even gets started. You know, that's, that's the first aspect of it. And the second is, you know, you talk about, you know, the people you're trying to benefit aren't really the ones, if you're trying to do anything for the consumer, they're indirect payers through the insurance carriers and other means. So it's hard to build a platform that benefits consumers in healthcare because they're unwilling to pay for anything because they're already paying for something. Yeah. It's what we call in, in health economics, derived demand in that consumers don't have a direct demand for healthcare. Just like 
you know, when you go to the store and you buy groceries, you have a direct demand for groceries and you know the benefit that you're going to get from buying groceries and, and bringing them home and eating them. You don't know the benefit you'll get from buying healthcare as a consumer. We, we have demand for health. We want to be healthy, but we have to buy healthcare. And so there's a production function there between what we buy and what we actually want. And that derived demand actually creates a ton of challenges with really market failures in the healthcare space, just because it's not a pure market and that consumers don't have a direct demand for the products that they're purchasing. It has to come through an expert like a doctor to tell you, oh, you need a knee replacement versus physical therapy, for instance. I think the thing that has made Redox successful is avoiding selling to health systems and avoiding trying to become an app store. And the reason is, is I don't think that healthcare organizations, these, these big enterprises, they all think that they're very unique. And in a lot of ways they are, right? They have their own demographics that they deal with. They have their own structures and culture. I don't know if they're going to standardize on a way to purchase software that an app store experience creates. So like the, the iTunes app store, our kind of first app store example in the market, it makes it so that, that you as a consumer buys an app the exact same way that everyone else does. It, it standardizes the process, both for selling and buying and finding these applications. If you think about how software is purchased from a health system perspective, there's this huge procurement team. There's legal, there's security, there's IT, and it's this gauntlet that startups have to run through to make a sale. And for an app store to be successful, you'd have to reform all of those processes and make it so potentially someone as close to the end user as possible, potentially like an actual end user, like a doctor or nurse, could actually purchase software on this app store and implement it in their systems. And I think that we're pretty far away from that. So yeah, with Redox, there is that two-sided network. It kind of feels like an app store, but we don't match supply and demand. So most app stores, you actually go in and you search and you try to find, hey, what's the best calendar app for my computer? And you can find that. So you match up supply and demand. Redox doesn't do that. We, we get involved after supply and demand is matched. So after a health system says, I want to work with you know, Avisia for, for e-consults, then Redox gets pulled into the mix to help facilitate the exchange of value between supply and demand, but not actually the, the matching of those sides. And a lot of our competitors over the years have really tried to figure out how to sell something directly to a health system, how to go through that sales cycles, how to reform that buying process. And that's why they didn't grow as fast. So by us avoiding that problem and focusing on the problem of making the developer experience really good, we were able to, to grow a lot faster and win more market share. I want to thank Tracy for another great episode. If you have feedback regarding the content and materials that you just heard and would like to help us to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward, please send us a note at hello at thisweekinhealthit.com. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. 